Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 297. It's cruise review time here on the podcast, as we have one of our podcast listeners joining me this week to review her recent sailing on Allure of the Seas. This was her first time on an Oasis-class ship, so we'll share everything Lauren and her family did while on board, including her plans on shore. Here we go. Here on the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, I always like to share other people's cruise experiences because, after all, not everyone cruises the same, and what my experience is like is going to be vastly different than others are going to be like as well on their cruises. And this week, we have one of our listeners joining us to talk about their recent Royal Caribbean cruise on Allure of the Seas. Joining me on this week's episode is Lauren Reed from Edison, New Jersey. Lauren, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure having you here, and I'm so glad that uh, – ha- well, I'd say I'm glad to have you here after you went on your cruise, but of course you're probably going through the uh, the the throngs of uh, post-cruise depression right now. Well, you know what? I'm about a month – actually, we left on March 3rd, and it's April 3rd, so <laughs> I feel like uh, – <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're, we're – I think I'm used to it now, but I have – I think I have – I keep looking to see, like, what cruises could I go on next? Right. Right. And uh, but I don't have any dates that I can go in mind yet, so it's really hard to plan a cruise without dates. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you went on Allure of the Seas. This was a seven night sailing, I'm assuming. Which uh, yes. which itinerary did you go on? We did the Western uh, Western Caribbean. Nice. And so, what kind? Why did you book this cruise? Let's start there. Uh, well, we booked it as a um, kind of a celebration. We're going to be married ten years this year, and so we wanted to do something big for our ten year anniversary and. Um, originally we thought about going away on our own and then we thought, no, we need to bring our five-year-old daughter with us. And so I picked Allure because I was looking for ships that had good activities for kids. So that was how we came up with that. And then I picked the Western Caribbean itinerary because I've been to Cozumel a few times and I, I feel like I picked it really for Cozumel. I don't, I don't know if that was a really a good enough reason, but, um, Anyway, it was good enough for it was good enough reason to pick it. So <clears throat> I think it's a great idea because I've certainly said, you know what, Cosmel, I'm down. In fact, I'm pretty. You've sure been there several times, times, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's your um, also? You know, something we probably I should do more often with these listener reviews is uh, what is your cruising history like? Are you, have you cruised a lot? Or are you kind of new to it? How does that uh, stack up? Well, I have been on three cruises before this, but and I went. I didn't go on a cruise until like. I went on like three cruises in a 18 month period, but that last cruise I went on was March of 2008. Hmm. So that was a long time. And then, um, and then, you know, and my husband had never cruised before and he wasn't really like, he just had, you know, a certain like ideas in his head about it. He didn't really, wasn't dying to do it. And then it was actually, this was his, um, idea. He was like, why don't we just, why don't we book a cruise? And I was like, really? Okay. Like, don't, you know, I, I think I booked it like the next day. <laughs> like, I mean, he didn't have to ask me twice. That's, <laughs> so. like when, um, that's like when I asked my wife, can I book a cruise? And usually the answer, the first answer is no. And then <laughs> eventually I'll get the do whatever you want. And then immediately I book it because I'm not waiting for the, uh, on second thought, I, that's a bad idea, you know, conversation. Yeah. Right. Well, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but I okay. think I yeah. might get, I might get him on a cruise sooner than, you know, 11 years from now or whatever it is. So. <laughs> Cool. So, uh, what kind of stateroom did you book? We had a ocean view balcony stateroom and we were on the 10th deck, um, deck 10 and, um, 
And that was the first time I had ever had a balcony. And um, I have had, you know, ocean views before and uh, an interior room. And I got to say, I don't think I'm going back. <laughs> I think uh, we really enjoyed the uh, the balcony. And actually, we were uh, had I started listening to this podcast sooner than before I booked the cruise, I probably would have just gone ahead and like booked the junior suite and been like, you know what, that's a good deal, you know, but we, uh, and we weren't able to get one when we decided we wanted to upgrade. It was, they were all gone. So I think uh, next time we probably try to even upgrade a little bit more. No worries. That sounds good. Uh, so you had, a, you, you enjoyed the balcony room because I was going to ask you, you know, are you, are you team inside now or team balcony? But it sounds like you're going balcony all the way balcony we really enjoyed you know we didn't we weren't out there constantly but we really enjoyed just having that space and we had breakfast on the balcony one morning and we were able to like just it was nice to just hang in our room and like look out at the port if we you know we didn't get off the ship in Nassau so we you know but we had a really nice view from where we were (laughs) um because we were on the starboard side so it was like a view of the um we didn't have like the port view we had like sort of the island that was there so it was Nice. Nice. Um, so talking about, obviously, Allure of the Seas, an Oasis-class cruise ship, what did you think of an Oasis-class ship now that you've sailed on one? Oh, I loved it. Um, and I don't. I really, it's been such a long time since I cruised that I really didn't remember a lot for comparison's sake, but obviously, no, it was much bigger than... I, the last ship I was on was Navigator of the Seas. Oh. Um, and so, you know, I know that's a smaller ship than this, but um, I really, I loved it. There was just, like, so much so many different things to do. And, um, and also there was no fear of like feeling any kind of movement or motion. I mean, I think we had a pretty calm seas while we were sailing, but there was, you just didn't even know you were moving. Did it, did you really, um, what's, I don't, obviously you noticed it's a bigger ship, but did you, uh, did it really strike you by the sheer magnitude of offerings on an Oasis class ship compared to your previous experiences on say Navigator? I guess I just don't remember because it was such a long time ago. I mean, I, I do know there were so many things. I mean, there's so many different shows. It wasn't like, you know, I think I went on a carnival ship and, you know, and there was like one show for the evening, but this was like, you yeah. could go to the ice show or you can go to Mamma Mia or you could go to, you know, aqua theater. So that was really nice that there was a variety. I mean, honestly, there was too much to do because we certainly didn't get to do even, even half of it. Um, so, and and, I, and that's fine. Like, I don't, it's not all of that stuff is not, it doesn't interest me, but like, we just had a lot of, we had a lot of choices. Nice. So, it so was, yeah. About, so it was, sorry. Let's talk about the most important thing in the whole wide world. I'm just excited to talk about it, Lauren, and that is dining, eating oh, on the Royal Caribbean ship. So what was <laughs> yeah. your, uh, were you main dining room? Did you do a dining package? Uh, uh we did main dining room. room. We did main dining room. Um, so we, we also, we did, we did do some specialty dining, but I didn't want to do a package. I kind of, I really do like the main dining room experience with, you know, having, sitting with people and getting to know your, your waiter. Um, and then my husband was like, yeah, that sounds like we, we should do it that way. And then we did book one night at, um, 150 Central Park and we also booked chef's table. So we didn't. Um, I didn't want to do a dining package because I also didn't want to miss the first night in the dining room meeting our, our, you know, our table mates. And like, as it turned out, we really, um, got along well with our table mates and they, but we weren't there together every night. Like they had special dining a couple nights. So we probably dined together, like maybe four out of the seven nights. And, um, 
I was, you know, I just, that's kind of like part of the experience. And like, fortunately we got along well with them. So, uh, that was, that was nice. And we did like, and our wait staff was very good. The service in the dining room was a little, was a bit slow, but they were still very pleasant at night. It wasn't, I don't think that was really their fault. It was just like drink service was extremely slow, but they knew before we sat down what we wanted, you know, like, or they would just bring it before we asked for another one. We, and everyone at the table had the deluxe dining, the beverage, beverage package. package. Yep. So the drink package. So, I mean, like they would come around like, you know, at a certain point, like they didn't even ask us, like they didn't even know, didn't even need to ask us, do you want these shots? Because we were like, yeah, whatever you got there, that's what we're going to have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, bring more wine where, you know, it's just, uh, so they really did take care of us. It's just, sometimes it was a little bit, a little bit slow, but yeah, I can tell you that, um, in my experience as well, I'm not surprised to hear that. And this is not just an alert thing that when you're in a, the restaurants, if you're, if you're relying on the waiter, generally speaking, I feel like the, especially with the drink packages, I think you notice it more. The, it's a little slower to get refills and things of that nature. And, um, I'm not sure there's probably a reason for it, but I'm not surprised to hear that was your experience. I'm not, but I am really glad to hear that the di- you like the dining room. I'm a main dining room fan. I like that. I like the, I like the tradition of it. I like having, getting to know the wait staff and I've had pretty good luck also sitting with other people. So I'm really glad to hear that. Um, what was, uh, you went to, you mentioned you went to 150 and chef's table. what did you think of those experiences? Oh, well, we really enjoyed both of them. Um, so 150 Central Park, I will say we loved the cucumber martini. Is it the cucumber garden martini? That was probably, you know, it was just such a really unique, um, taste and it, it was a flavor. I mean, not taste flavor. And, um, we, we asked for recommendations from our waiter for what we should order. And I went in there totally thinking like, all right, we're going to get like the, ter- the, the tenderloin for two. Like that was kind of what I'd heard was really, really good there. And there, and we tried a lot of different, a lot of different things. Like I was not shy about ordering, you know, two appetizers or, you know, they were, and they were very, very um, accommodating in that sense. But the waiter kept recommending, like everything he was recommending to us was like very, very light and like sort of clean eating. Like we were like, and he did not recommend the tenderloin. And we asked him about it and he was like, oh, it's okay. You know, and we thought we just, he doesn't doesn't like meat. And we were like, we know we're not taking your recommendation, but we, we are going to order that. And I have to tell you, it was not good. (laughs) It was, was, I, I had a tenderloin the night before in the dining room and it was very, very good. And this was, huh. so we said, and we, we didn't complain. We just said to him, like, you know what? You were right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it just wasn't tender. Um, so that was, but everything else was delicious. Like the dessert, you know, all the, the appetizers and the bread was really, really good. So, I mean, I felt like that was, we were so full anyway, it didn't really matter, but we were just like, wow, we really should have listened to his advice, which wasn't yeah. like, don't get it. It was just like, oh, it's okay. Like he didn't really yeah. rave about That's it. So, solid. yeah. That's and funny. a chef's table was, was very, very good. There's a lot of wine, lots and lots of wine involved in that. And, um, it, that was nice. It was like, there were three other couples. So it was very, very, um, you know, we got to talk to them and there were like a lot of talking between courses and the waiter and the chefs coming out and talking about each meal. Like you could tell they just really, really enjoyed doing that. And, um, I don't know if you know this, you probably do if you've done chef's table, but the waiter and the chef for chef's table are the only two employees on the ship that are allowed to take a drink with the customers. I did not know that. Yeah. They, they said that at the end because at the very end, 
they came out and um, they did like a, they did a shot like a tier. I think it was like a tiramisu shot or something, some kind of flavored thing. But they said we are the only two uh, employees that are allowed to have a drink uh, with you on the ship. Well, if I ever so. get a job with Royal Caribbean, I have to remember to take be either the waiter or the chef at Chef's Table. Got it. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, you know, we we're talking about Allure of the Seas. What were some of your favorite things to do on board? Were there some activities or events that kind of stood out to you on board the ship that you really gravitated towards or, or particularly enjoyed? Uh, well, we definitely, we saw the uh, Aqua, the uh, Oceanaria um, the first night. And then we actually went back again the second night with uh, our daughter. She just happened to come out. Of, she went to the, um, ocean, the kids club uh, most nights, but she likes to party a little bit. So she came out and watched that with us and she enjoyed the show. Um, so we did that and, um, we did, she's five. She's five. Yeah. And, um, she kept wanting to know like, what else can I see on the ship? What else can I see on the ship? So that was fun. She really did want to see everything. Um, so we saw that, uh, we, we did enjoy going to the pool. Um, and it was definitely crowded on those sea days. It was very crowded, but we did manage to like, snag some chairs and you know like one morning like on the our first sea day like my husband it was my husband's birthday and i kicked him out of the room so we could decorate it and he went to go <laughs> snag some chairs and then came back and got us and then we went back up so we had some 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 seats um so we did enjoy going to the pool um we enjoyed going to um sorrento's late night at least i every it didn't matter what we when we had eaten last i was like i'm gonna grab a piece of pizza and take it back to the room with us okay <laughs> So, uh, and we, been, we went, uh, you know, yes, no, I know. I think that's like a pretty popular thing. I think it's, you know, look, I'm from New Jersey. We got great pizza around here, but it was, it was, it was, it was okay. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Now let's talk about, uh, the ports you visited. You mentioned Cozumel. Uh, what did you do in Cozumel? Uh, we went to El Cozumelino. Oh. And, uh, yeah, we, that was on, that was on your recommendation and we went there and, um, you, the thing about Cozumel that day was, the sea was very rough and it was pretty, uh, breezy. So it wasn't really that hot. So like the pool was like, when you got in the pool, it was chilly. So the, we really enjoyed it there. They, the service was so good. Like those people, like they were just, you never let you have like an empty glass in your hand. Um, the food was very good. I thought the, um, the, they had this really great ceviche and I thought that was excellent. Um, they had said the day before, was so hot, <laughs> you know, like just the weather just varied so much from one day to the next. So I think, um, we, uh, probably would have had a better, just a more enjoyable experience if the weather had been a little bit warmer, but we had a good time there. It wasn't, there was nothing bad about the, uh, the place. Uh, so we, so we liked it. Yeah. So, um, so I would probably, I mean, I'd probably do something different next time, but I was glad that we went and did that. Good. What other uh, ports did you visit on this itinerary? We went to to Roatan uh, and we went to Costa Maya. And so in Roatan, our plan was we got a private taxi driver from Victor Baden Tours. And I had told him, like, I didn't want to do a lot of sightseeing. Like, we wanted to do the sloths and we wanted to go snorkeling. And it, it, like, it got off to a little bit of a slower start. Also, we got off the ship a little bit later because, you know, our daughter was sleeping in and she never does. And I was like, I, you know, she was up till 1130 last night. I got to let her sleep a little bit longer. But, um, I will say that we had a experience that I never, ever want to repeat there, which was there was terrible traffic. So we knew that going, we, 
found that out on our way to go to West Bay Beach. There was like, we literally sat in standstill traffic for 30 minutes. Wow. And there were, because they're paving one side of the road and there's only one ra- run road in and out of that beach. So at a certain point I was like, we got to Maybe we should just forget it. Maybe we should just bag it and then just go back to the ship. And we said, no, no, no. Okay. We have plenty of time. We'll go. And the driver kept saying, don't worry, don't worry. And I was like, no, 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 I worry in case you can't tell. And <laughs> we, and we went snorkeling. We went snorkeling, which was beautiful. It was very, very well worth the sitting in the traffic. Um, and we set a time to leave. Like we were leaving at 530 ship time. So we set to leave at like four o'clock. Yeah, it's like a 20 minute ride. So it was, should have been plenty of time. And we literally sat in that traffic again for 35 minutes. And I was, <laughs> it was calm, but it was, I, I was freaking out like quietly because it was, and then we got back to the ship at 515. Oh, and, wow, that was- oh yeah. No, and you, by the by we were by no means the only people that ran into this. Um, there were people, we saw people from our, we were on our, in our back safely in our room and saw people like arguing, like to get back on the ship. They didn't leave anybody there as far as I could tell, but it was like a week after that <laughs> video of people who couldn't get back on the symphony of the seas. So I was like, Oh my God, I never want to have that. I wanted to be back on the ship like two hours before. And it just, yeah. that was an unreasonable expectation. But, um, but this, but I will say this, the snorkeling in Roatan was just, it was amazing. Like there were just fish all coming up to you. It was really beautiful. So I, we did enjoy that. I just, next time I would say, let's just do that and forget everything else. Um, yeah, we usually, so we uh, had- when we, when we go on our, on our own on excursions, we almost always plan to get back two to three hours beforehand for those exact reasons. I remember I was on a, I think I may have shared this story on the podcast a while ago, but we were in St. Thomas and there was mm-hmm. just traffic and yeah. we were sharing a cab with, uh, I think there were a couple or some other people, doesn't matter from carnival and their ship was to leave earlier. And they got to the point, they got out of the car and ran because it mm-hmm. was getting that bad. And so to us, it's like, look, it's kind of a waste of money in some situations that you're not maximizing the time. But at the same time, my sanity and my, you know, not yeah. getting an ulcer over it is worth my sanity for that. So, um, but I'm glad that you at least, you know, had that plan ahead of time. When it comes to booking excursions on your own, I would talk about one thing, which is time management. And you did it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, your plan worked. Maybe it was a little too close for comfort yeah. uh, for, for yourself. Sorry. But, um, you know. It's, it still worked out. That's the important thing. Well, it did. And, you know, I actually, my plan when I had emailed with Victor and everything was, here's what I want to do, but I really want to get back to the ship by about like two o'clock. That was actually not a reasonable expectation for, like, it wasn't possible, but I yeah. also felt like he could have told me that, <laughs> you know? And yeah. I also thought that well, there could have been some warning about that traffic. And I think that Royal Caribbean, re- I think this is not something that's new. I just thought, they should really warn people about this, but I know it's not their fault if it's not their excursion, but everyone was running into this. You know, yeah. it was, it was, it would have been nice to know. Cause I would have said, let's just not do this. Let's just go to the, yeah. you know, I remember I went on uh, when we went to Havana, I was emailing with a tour provider, third party tour provider. And it's what you, what you said was that I want to come back to the ship by this time. And to their credit, they were like, we're not doing that. So, you know, yeah. good right. luck, buddy. And we yeah, I think he could tell. So. Yeah, 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 it could. I mean, he could have told me that, but it's, you know, it's, they they were fine. He gave me good rest. They did everything I asked them to do. It's just the timing was off, and part of yeah. it was because of that traffic. So, do you remember? Um, um, 
you remember where the snorkeling spot was? Like, was there a name of it or something? Like, if, if someone wanted to go snorkeling in this particular spot that you went to, do you remember the beach name or anything like that? Yeah. So here's what we did. We went to, we went through the Bananarama. Um, so we went to West Bay Beach. Okay. It was on West Bay Beach. But we went, entered through like the Bananarama Beach Club and then went onto the beach and walked all the way to the left. I don't know if there's a resort down there, but you pass a bunch of resorts, but you go till there's like a wall. And that's where we just like put our stuff. We changed at the resort there. I bought a beer, you know, and like we just went and snorkeled and our taxi driver was right there with us, which I was very glad at least in that situation, we had someone that was with us. Not that he could control the traffic, but at least we weren't on our own trying to find a ride back. Right, um, right. But anyway, it was, so I would highly recommend like, and I had heard that online, like, go onto the beach, go all the way to the left and just get in the water. And the fish were like just swimming and not only you swim out further and there's just like a lot of coral. And we got some really good video. I haven't like, we haven't posted any pictures yet, but we, had, my husband got a lot of good video. Um, nice. it's cool. So, um, and then, Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I think you're going to go there. Uh, Costa Maya. Yes. So Costa Maya, we went to Maya Chan nice. and we renewed our vows in Maya Chan. And I had, so I just kind of thought, well, we're doing this. And like, you know, I wouldn't do that at home, but we were going to go on this cruise. So I contacted, you know, um, Jane from Maya Chan and it was very, very reasonable to book that as a package. And, um, we really, you know, it's got, it's, it's so rustic there. Like and we knew going in, it was nothing fancy. Um, but it was great. I, I loved it there. We were, you know, like I, I look forward to going back when, we are doing a little vow renewal ceremony because we can we just sit in, on the beach and not have like something we have to do. But it was, we just really enjoyed it. They made it really special. I just got my pictures from it and um, it was really nice. And I am still thinking about the fish tacos. Like the food was so good and the fish was amazing. And I just, I probably think about it like, you know, once a day. <laughs> uh, first of all, you're not wrong. And second of all, it is that good. Uh, I love my channel. I love the food, the service. Oh, it's it's great. But I'm glad to hear you had an awesome time. Oh, great. Before, now you mentioned uh, we, we talked a little bit before we started recording, Lauren, and you mentioned that there were some lessons learned that you wanted to share. So, um, what were some things that you would do differently on your next cruise? Part of it was timing. We just felt very rushed. Like they don't give you like we could have used a little more time in the ports. But we also could have gotten ourselves off the ship earlier. That just wasn't really possible. It wasn't like we got off the ship three hours after we docked. It was, you know, I just felt like, oh, my gosh, we've got five hours in this place. And that's not a lot of time. Also, three port days in a row was really exhausting. Like, we didn't get off. So we were on the ship on Sunday. We didn't get off in Nassau the next day. And then we had a sea day. So we had, like, three days of, like, kind of, you know, chilling out. And then it was, like boom, 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 like ports that we had plans in. And so it, I think just next time, like when I look at itineraries, I'm looking at, see, like maybe even a longer one, a slightly longer itinerary, and then more sea days or more than one sea day. Like I don't think I'd want to do a port and have no sea day before the last day of the, sh- you know, before yeah. the end. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other thing was, and I don't really know how I would change this, but we did the early seating for dinner because that just worked out with, um, you know, putting our daughter into, um, the kids club, which by the way, she loved it. She went 
almost every night. I think there was one night she just, she didn't like the theme, so she didn't want to go that night, but every <laughs> other night she loved it. And we also left her there. Like we generally picked her up by 11, but, um, so, but they, she just had a great time. She's so anyway, that was just one thing I wanted to get in, but the, my time, I mean, the early seating was also very hard for port days because you're getting yes. back on the ship and it's like, well, if we want to make dinner and we were late to dinner every night, not, not rudely late, but like, we were definitely like rushing the last night we got there on time. <laughs> we were like, we're here. We got here at five 30. Like we were, but we were usually rolling in at like 10 minutes to six. And I felt really bad about it. But like, we just were like, well, the, especially the day that we got on back on the ship at five 15 was like, well, yeah. we get there when we get there. So that was kind of, um, so I think next time I, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do my time dining, but that was just kind of, a, and I think the late seating wouldn't work for us, but, so that was something. And then I just kind of, we were really tired. <laughs> like we were exhausted by the end. And I think it was, I don't think we took enough time to just like relax in the evening. And we did not go to every show. I mean, we went to the ice show. We went to see, there was a, the jazz, um, the jazz trio that was playing or we saw them one night. We were like the only ones in there. We did do that. But like, I think it would have been fine if we just had said, Hey, you know what? let's just go sit on our balcony for a little while while yeah. our daughter's in the kids club and we can just relax, you know? So that is something that, um, those, I would are, those are, those are all observations that I think are very fair. I think they're not, you know, um, nothing you said there was crazy or off base. I think it's a very common situation. Uh, you're dining. That's why I don't do early dining because it's just, mm-hmm. you have to get ready like starting at like three or four o'clock, which is crazy. <laughs> so I'd rather do late dining and it is late compared to at home, but once you get it, you'll get used to it really, really quickly. That's the best thing I can say. Um, and then it works out really well for Adventure Ocean as well because, you know, you're out of dinner probably around, you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You get to see a show and then it's time to pick up the kids. So um, it 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 works better. In my opinion, it works better logistically than early seating. But, you know, you can always do specialty dining more often. You could work in maybe some more stops in the uh, Windjamer. But uh, everything else was... You know, you're not the first person to be exhausted. On, on oh my god! Well, I actually took the day off after we got home, which I wasn't going to, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever done in my life is take this day off." And but we also, um, and I also want to say, we did go to the Windjammer a couple times, um, not for dinner, but for lunch, and then also the Wipeout Cafe was like was kind of my husband found it one day. He was like, "You know, let's just go there. There's no line." And we went there for breakfast, like when we were rushing up, when we were getting off the ship to go to. Um, Rotan, it was like, well, we can go grab some bacon and go up there and then lunch. I mean, there was just never a line. And it's not, um, you know, it was just a really easy place to grab lunch and it wasn't overly crowded. Mm. Nice. And it was just burgers, it was simple food, you know, it wasn't like yeah. anything fancy. Absolutely. Well, before I let you go, Lauren, I want to get to, let, to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a couple of quick questions about how you like to cruise. Are you ready? Mm hmm. Since you sailed on Allure of the Seas, what's your best tip for someone going on Allure for their first time? Um, don't try to do everything that they offer. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Um, I don't... And the main, di- main dining room counts, by the way. I would probably say the main dining room just because I think that was our best experience. I mean, we liked both of the other ones, but um, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, we enjoyed the main, di- main dining room. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? I'm going to go with the Cucumber Garden Martini. Favorite port of call to visit? 
Well, I probably would have said Cozumel before this trip. I think I might have to change it to Costa Maya. And favorite song that you're listening to these days? Uh, We are listening to a lot of uh, Taylor Swift on the way to school in the morning. So I'm going to have to say I like the um, Delicate. Delicate. As as long as it's not Baby Shark, I think that's a win for any parent. No, it's not. We I don't even think she knows that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Well, <laughs> I think that's the big one. She may, but it's not because I played it for her. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast and sharing your experience. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. And thank you for having your podcast. It was really made the planning like very enjoyable. And I got my husband listening to you and we really it helped us so much in our planning. So thank you. That's awesome. All right, it's time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the Royal Green Blog Podcast, which I dive into my inbox, look at all the emails I got, and read some here and share some answers, comments, suggestions, and everything else in between. And of course, you can always send me your emails by sending it to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Bob Church of Fulton, New York. Right, hi, Matt. Thanks for the podcast. It's great. I have a question about Royal Caribbean's 30% off each guest promotion. What makes it different than their previous 60% off the second guest promotion? I currently have two cabins booked with refundable deposits for next year. Two people in each cabin. Is it just the same or am I overlooking something? Also, what's the best way to reserve a cabin that will accommodate four people but only booking two into it at this time? Royal Caribbean seems reluctant to let these go. I'm waiting for another 60% off second guest and kids sale free promo and want to hold that particular four-play stateroom just in case. Am I correct to assume that kids sale free is the same as third and fourth guests in a single room sale free? What are your thoughts? Bob, thanks for the email. So this is a common question. I'm going to expand your question, Bob, because people often ask me about the promotions and which is better and how to play it. And here's what I'll tell you, Bob, and this is the truth about how I book my cruises, is I say, if you know you want to book a sailing, Bob, like you sit down with you know your family, you're like, we're going to go on, we want to know we want to go on this particular sailing on this date, you should book it immediately regardless of what the promotion is. I think one of the, a big mistake people make is trying to time promotions or play the game of it. What's a better way to do is, is you do live in New York, you live in North America, What the, your better strategy is book it today. Whatever the price is, book it today if you know you want to go on that sailing. And then, if there is a new promotion that comes out between now and your final payment date, you can always reprice, and if the price obviously is lower, take advantage of it. But the reason why I think it's better to just simply book as early as you can rather than waiting is prices tend to go up over time. And Royal Caribbean has a promotion pretty much every month of the year. There, I think back in the day, they used to actually have lulls between promotions. Not the case anymore. There's, in fact, they usually have a monthly promotion, and then on the weekends, maybe they have a special, like, incentive, and it can vary considerably, but there's always something going on. So your question about, you know, is this, the th- what's the difference between the 30% of each guest versus 60% of second guest? It's just part of that marketing game that's going on there. So really, if you want to book the cruise, definitely book it just as soon as you can. Now, you also talked about a room that accommodates four, but only booking two at a time. If there's a minimum capacity to a room, generally speaking, they hold on to that until maybe a little bit closer to your sale date. I remember we were going on Navigator of the Seas back in 2014, and I booked the cruise, I think, in December, November or December for a February sailing. And so that's what two or three months before the sailing, and then we we were able to book a room that had a minimum capacity of five, 
but there were only three of us at the time because we were close enough to selling that royal group and said, you know what, we got to sell this room. So they opened up to everybody. Uh, it's one of those games, Bob, again, where you just, if you were interested in a room like that, you got to keep looking at it. Uh, one thing you could do, a strategy that could work, but I need to warn you, this could backfire badly in your face. So take it with a grain of salt. Some people will put, you'll book the room for four, make up two people's names, and then cancel the two people towards the end. You could also show up without the two people, but of course you're paying for the two people, so why would you do that? Um, if you cancel the two people at the end, you're only, you know, so that way your booking is really only two, theoretically, Royal can kick you out of the room. So I wouldn't recommend it as an option, but it has been done in the past. Again, I'm not recommending that as a, as a choice, but I feel like it's, I should mention that as a strategy because it is a possibility. But um, again, uh, I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, if you only have two people in a room and you want a room for four, I'm not sure why you want... I mean, I assume you just want the extra space. But for two people, most rooms are more than enough space, Bob. I mean, I've shared a room with my wife. And even a standard, you know, ocean view room or a balcony room, there's plenty of room to get around for two people in there. So I won't worry too much about that. So hopefully that answers your question there. Thanks for sending in your email. Next, we have an email from uh, Steve who writes... Hey, Matt, great podcast and YouTube videos. My wife and I, our first-time Royal Caribbean cruisers, are going at Independence of the Seas in April. Would you recommend booking a future cruise to the next cruise desk? What are the benefits compared to booking on my own? And have you sailed on Independence? Any secrets or hidden gems we can't miss? Steve, great questions. So, in terms of booking cruise on Next Cruise, which, by the way, Next Cruise is the uh, office, if you will, on board any Royal Caribbean ship in which you can book another Royal Caribbean cruise. And Royal Caribbean will give you special benefits for booking on board. Namely, you'll get onboard credit. The price is the same, Steve, whether you book it on board or online or at home, whatever. The difference is you'll get extra onboard credit for doing so. My advice is, it's kind of piggybacking on Bob's question earlier, is that if you know you want to book a cruise right now, Steve, you're going in April, and right now this episode is coming out in, well, April, but <laughs> but let's say you've got a couple, I didn't realize what that, I thought of, anyway, um, let's say, regardless if, if your cruise, go, you're going in two weeks on your cruise from now, right? Um... I still recommend booking it now before you're getting on board the ship. The reason being is prices change all the time. And as I also mentioned, prices tend to go up over time. And I would hate for you to run into a situation, Steve, in which you you say, okay, well, the price is $1,000 right now. I'm going to wait two weeks so I can get you know $100 or $200 on board credit, whatever Royal Caribbean is giving you. So you go on board the ship in two weeks from now, and they do give you that $100 or $200 on board credit, but the price has gone up. And that may either negate or greatly neuter the benefit of that onboard credit you're getting, and you would have said, oh, I wish I could have booked it back at the old price regardless of the onboard credit. All too often I hear that story. But in terms of would you book a future cruise at Next Cruise? Absolutely. I mean, I think Next Cruise is really good for a situation in which you're on a cruise ship, having a great time, and you think to yourself, man, I'd love to go back on another cruise, or you meet friends and family who want to go on another cruise, and the, the thought basically enters your mind for the first time while you're on board the ship. Then yes, you should absolutely go down there because you only got stuff to gain, and when you book with Next Cruise, by the way, you can still use your travel agents. It's not to say you have to book directly through Royal Caribbean. Uh, you can also opt to just book through Royal Caribbean, not up to you. But really, um, the the benefit, Steve wrote here, what are the benefits compared to booking on your own? Well, it's the same difference, Steve. Basically, by booking on the Next Cruise office, it's akin to calling Royal Caribbean and booking on your own. What I would recommend, though, is you work with a travel agent. Let them know, hey, I'm going on Independence of the Seas here in a week or two. I'm going to book a cruise on board. That way, you can coordinate and let the next cruise office know, hey, by the way, I want this book to be managed by so-and-so, my travel agent, 
and they will get the travel agent will get notification of the booking immediately, be able to manage it for you, and be able to take it and provide you that great service that any good travel agent should be doing. So, uh, hopefully, that answers your question. And I have sold on Independence of the Seas. I sold on her for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. Uh, she has gotten a major refurbishment since then. Uh, but I will tell you that if nothing else, you gotta check out the Skypad. Uh, you also gotta go over to the Helipad for sale. It's my favorite hidden gems about the Freedom class, as well as the Voyager class and the Radiance class, is that for Sailway, you can go down to uh, the, the helipad, which is on the front of the ship, the bow. All you have to do is go down to the promenade deck, which is deck, I believe it's, it's either deck four or five. I forget which one it is on the Freedom class. Pretty sure it's four. Uh, and you just walk all the way forward. You run into the helipad. It's a great spot for Sailway. Oh, it's such a great vantage point. Highly recommend that. So thank you for the email, Steve. Next, we have an email from Mark Ritz. Hey, it's Mark Wiggum from Greenwood, Indiana, and I've been a long-time listener from you way back in your WDW Today days. Your podcast has been highly entertaining and extremely informative and helpful in my family's vacation planning. I just listened to episode 292. It was a great episode, and now I really want to book and navigator the Seas Cruise. In this episode, you answered a question about watching ships leave from Port Everglades the day before your own cruise. I could not agree more about Fort Lauderdale State Park. Went there in 2017 before our cruise on Allure, and it really set the stage for an amazing vacation. With that said, I'm planning on going on our cruise on Harmony of the Seas, and I got online to get a GPS location to the park and noticed their site lists the jetty and the beach indefinitely closed. I called to get more information and was told that due to the storm damage, the jetty there is actually collapsing and they don't anticipate it being repaired or accessible in the near future. Fortunately, there is a beach on the other side of the channel that you can get to, and I believe there's an article on the blog that gives you specifics on how to get there. As I mentioned, we're just days away from our next cruise on Harmony of the Seas. I was hoping you could recommend the best bar for Harm on Harmony for bourbon selection. I love a fruity cocktail with an umbrella just as much as the next guy, but needing to keep my blood sugar in check and really enjoy a high-quality bourbon. Mark, thanks for the email, and Mark is absolutely right. So in uh, the uh, Dr. Von Eula Johnson State Park, I hope I said that right, uh, there is a jetty, which you used to be able to go to, but it's closed. You can still go to the park. There's actually a beach adjacent to the jetty where you can watch the cruise ships leave. I know that for a fact because my very good friend, well, he's a friend loosely, guy I sometimes eat falafel with is probably a better uh, answer to that. Uh, of course, it's uh, Billy from CruiseHabit.com. You've heard on this podcast before. He'll usually go there most weeks when he's not terribly depressed about not being on a cruise, and he'll watch from over there. So you can still go to the park. You can still stand on the beach instead of the jetty and see the cruise ships leave. Great vantage point. Uh, so hopefully that helps somebody who's looking to go check it out because it is a really cool thing to do. Great way to kind of uh, build that cruise anticipation, especially if you are coming down to Fort Lauderdale a day ahead of your cruise, which you should be doing anyway. Uh, it's a good way to you know, spend some time while you're down there. Now, in terms of a bar for bourbon selection, boy, are you asking the wrong guy because I don't drink bourbon, whiskey, anything that's not fruity. I'm At my stage in my life, I like my fruity drinks. I'm, uh, I don't impress anybody anymore. I, <laughs> I just want to enjoy a drink that tastes good. Uh, but in general, the pub usually has, believe it or not, a very wide selection of alcohol. I'm going to go again. I'm going to refer to my... Uh, again, guy I eat falafel with Billy, who uh, likes his whiskeys, and I know that the pub is usually his go-to place on Harmony of the Seas because they usually stock the greatest selection of alcohol there. So I would start there and speak to the bar servers over there, let them know what you're looking for. They can also recommend other bars in which there may be other options for you, but first place to stop would definitely be uh, the pub on board. So. Mark, thanks for the email. Good to hear from you as always. Appreciate it. 
All right, let's move on to our next email. It is from Mason from Atlanta, Georgia. First off, I'm very happy I stumbled upon your blog and your podcast while researching my Symphony of the Seas cruise, which we're going to at the end of this month. You have, in my opinion, a dream job and you do it well. You've answered many of my questions so far uh, through your various outlets, but can't seem to find an answer to this. We purchased the ultimate drink package, and on Disney Cruise Line, they allow us to bring a Yeti cup and use that instead of their cups. I know this is trivial, but Roller Cup allow me to do this as well. Mason, thanks for the email. Uh, you can bring your own cup if you've got a Yeti cup or whatever you know cup you want to use. To um, They won't fill it directly, but what you can do is you can take a drink, fill, bring your cup with you, and then fill the drink on your own. Do you know what I mean? There's a health issue with taking your cup directly and filling it up because, of course, even if they, even you could swear up and down that you've, you've cleaned it a thousand times, there's a health issue there. So they can't directly fill it, but yes, you can bring your own Yeti cup. You can still use it. You're just going to have to be the middleman in the situation. And Mason also wants to know, do we have to let the main dining room know if we'll be dining there and when we won't? That's another fair question. You don't have to, Mason. Certainly, if you're going to be in the main dining room and you know for certain because you booked a specialty restaurant the next day, you're not going to be there. I usually let the waiter know so that way they're not just waiting around for me, especially if there are table mates who may be sitting around waiting for you know for you to arrive for them to start service. Um, but you don't have to let them know. I mean, sometimes things happen and you know you're walking around and there's a great deal on a restaurant or you just feel in the mood for sushi or steak or whatever. Um, regardless, you don't have to let them know. It's just something you can do. So if you do know about it ahead of time, sure. But don't feel bad if you, you know, kind of on a whim book something. You definitely don't need to take the effort to go down there. They'll figure it out when you don't show up after about five or ten minutes. So no worries of it all. Thank you, Mason, for that email. There's time for one more email today. And that is from Lenny, who says, I'm going on my first cruise on Harmony of the Seas in May. I enjoy and love listening to the podcast and your YouTube videos every week. I pre-booked my specialty dining, drink package, as well as internet on board so far. My itinerary is Coco Cay, San Juan, Puerto Rico, and St. Martin. What do you think of Vivo Beach and Club in San Juan and the Great Bay Beach Experience in St. Martin? Or would you recommend, or what would you recommend for those two ports? I don't do any snorkeling or water sports. I just want to relax by the beach, maybe take in some historic sites in each port. Lenny, great question. Thanks for emailing me. I have no idea about either place I haven't been to them. I can tell you that if you're looking for a great beach spot in San Juan, you want to go to the Carolina area, which the Vivo Beach Club may be. Um, I'd have to do a Google image, a Google search. But anyway, uh, I'm sure it's fine. I would look at reviews. But uh, generally speaking, I recommend if you want to go swimming in the ocean in San Juan, you need to take a cab over to one of the beaches slash resorts over in Carolina. Basically, Carolina is just an area of new San Juan, not an old San Juan. In terms of St. Martin, Grand Case Beach, uh, G-R-A-N-D-C-A-S-E, Grand Case Beach is a great spot. I'm sure Great Bay Beach is. I mean, when it comes to beaches in the Caribbean, whether it's San Juan or St. Martin, especially St. Martin, I mean, they're all amazing. It's, it's really a matter of what kind of amenities are you looking for? But again, I give you these recommendations purely based on my own experience, but certainly I'm, I'm sure these are great choices that you've, you've picked there. I don't think that you're making a mistake by any means. So uh, Lenny, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for sending in your emails this week. And of course, you can always do so by sending it to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. I'd love to read your emails here as well. Uh, shout out to Mike Newell for helping me edit this episode. And until next time, we'll talk again real soon. <laughs>